prophet Isaac Watts in the late 1600s. He was frustrated by the singing that he encountered at church. He complained to his dad. Dad says, dads would do. Well, happy Father's Day, by the way. As dads would do, son, if you think you can do better, we'll do it. And so he did. And so beginning the next week, and then the next, and then the next, he began writing a hymn for the Mark Lane Independent Chapel that he attended. He did so for two years straight, wrote a new hymn, and over his lifetime uh, penned some 600 hymns because he wanted God's people to sing God's truth to God's glory. He wrote, Alas, and did my Savior bleed at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. O God, our help in ages past, when I surveyed the wondrous cross, Come we that love the Lord. These hymns that so many of us grew up on. I think about that last one. Singing about singing as we did earlier. Isaac Watts encourages and instructs the people as they sing to think about their singing. And he says, Come we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. Join in a song with sweet accord and thus surround the throne. He goes on to to admonish and to correct. He says, Let those refuse to sing who never knew our God. But children of the heavenly King must speak their joys abroad and then let our songs abound and let every tear be dry for we are marching through Emmanuel's grounds to fairer worlds on high. Isaac Watts recognized this and wanted to put God's truth upon the lips of God's people and insist that they would sing it with the joy of the Lord. But he wasn't the first to do so. This is not an Isaac Watts idea even as far back as the 1600s. This is God's plan as He has equipped us with a tongue to sing that we are to sing praise to God. Hear the word of the Lord. This is Psalm 96. We're going to read the entire psalm. Psalm 96. This is God's word. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless His name and tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations and His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and He is greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of people, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. And He will judge the peoples with equity. So let the heavens be glad, and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar, and all that fills it. Let the field exult, and everything in it. And then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. For He comes, for He comes to judge the earth, and He will judge the earth in righteousness, and the peoples in His faithfulness. Pray with me. Lord, thank You for this, Your Word. I pray, Almighty God, that we indeed would heed the straightforward and the significant admonition that we would sing to the Lord, all of us. That we would rejoice with the overflowing of praise in our lives. Lord, and it would not simply be a perfunctory exercise of our lips, but Lord, that we would praise You because we can't stop it. 
Lord, I pray that your word would dwell in us richly, that we would encourage each other with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs in our gathering and go forth and proclaim it in every way that we can. Lord, we thank you that your word endures. Impress it upon our hearts today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The music business is huge. Music business is big business. We think about music business, whether it be, uh, you know, the, whether it be Motown, whether it be uh, the, the, uh, the, the rock and roll of, of different generations. We think about Beach Boys, Everly Brothers, Righteous Brothers. We think about uh, contemporary music. We think about so many ways, but we also think about, about Christian music and how it's become its own genre, how it's become its, its own product that's sold, that's, that's packaged. Uh, that we take and we consume as if it were a purchasable good. But keep in mind, we're talking about worship here, friends. Brothers and sisters, we're talking about the idea that worship is to be with a heart that is captured by the glory of God. It's not about entertainment. It's not about us getting what we want according to our preferences and our desires. It is about drawing near to the Lord with a heart that is glad because he has first drawn near to us. For remember, if worship is entertainment, then the worshipers, you become an audience, and you become the focus. Our eyes are taken off of God, and worship becomes a mirror in which we primp and we pose, and and we, we say, oh, this is what I like. Now, that does not mean that we should not be singing excellent music. It does not mean that we should not be uh, hearing God's word proclaimed well. It is not that we should not be doing things decently and in good order with the spirit of excellence around it. But we need to make sure that we are coming together with this attitude of saying, I am coming to worship the Lord, to bring my offering of praise and joy before Him. I'm coming to give. I'm coming to worship God. And in our giving, certainly the Lord, He blesses us richly and we go forth equipped and encouraged and inspired. We go forth. Now, we seek to worship the Lord. Remember from our last uh, gathering, we seek to worship the Lord with our whole heart, not simply in appearance. And, And I would rather have a quiet singing church, a little uncertain about things, maybe tone deaf from corner to corner and that sort of thing, but with hearts that love the Lord. I'm reminded of the church that I served in Huntsville. I was music director there, and as I was serving in Huntsville, people would constantly be astonished by the, uh, the singing in the place, and it was not due to the music director. Get that, go ahead and dispense with that. But I, I fully believe it was because our pastor up there was such a horrible singer. And I would tease him. I say, you know, Barney, they're only singing loudly so they don't have to listen to you. I didn't say that for long. I found that to be a career limiting kind of thing to say. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of truth in that. When people said, you know what? <laughs> he doesn't seem to have any reservation at all about making a joyful noise to the Lord. I can make a noise too. My question this morning, Christian, what makes you sing? You may say to yourself, I don't sing. I'm not a singer. Really? Let's let's kind of go through a list. What are the things that we might sing about? I was thinking about just recently, Carol and I were on vacation, and there is a horrible, horrible thing uh, that has come to be a regular practice wherever people gather together. People gather together, they're, they're having a good time, they're, they're celebrating, they're on vacation, they gather together in hotels and on cruise ships and that sort of thing. 
and they sing karaoke. <laughs> and people line up to do this. Carol and I actually kind of out of morbid curiosity lined up to watch it. But you know, people would rejoice in the opportunity to sing songs they grew up with. You know what, it doesn't take but just a second for everybody in the room to start singing, Bye, bye, Miss American Pie, right? Well, that might, be, might not be your cup of tea. And we're certainly not going to sing it in, in worship here. But you know, people would, they'd jump right in. They'd be excited about it, uninhibited by it. Let me give you another example. A guy stood up in front of the whole group. See if you can imagine what took place when he said, Sweet Caroline. Thank you. You proved my point. We do sing. We do sing. Maybe, maybe it's not there. Maybe, no, no, not there. But, but on a Saturday afternoon, could you perhaps be coaxed into singing, War Eagle? No. Yay, Alabama. No. I'm sorry. Hail, dear old state. I had to throw that in. Maybe, maybe we'll sing it. Maybe we'll sing it at the top of our lungs. Or maybe not singing that, but chanting along with the crowd. Defense, defense, in unison, gathering together with the people to make a point known. We've become those who sing, who proclaim, who chant, who yell. Or maybe it's your service. Off we go into the wild blue yonder. And suddenly something in us swells up and we want to sing. Or perhaps, first to fight for the right, right, we, we can sing the service hymns. Or maybe on the 4th of July, that we would sing, God bless America. Maybe it's a child's first birthday, and all the people gather around, and they sing, happy birthday to you. Or maybe, Grandpa, you who say, oh, I never sing. How about the first time you wanted to rock that grandchild to sleep? You're going to tell me you didn't actually rock a bye, baby, on the treetop. We do sing. We do sing in the shower, in the car, in different situations. But you know what the key to all that is? It's where is your heart? Where is your heart before these particular situations? Is there joy? Is there excitement? Is it something that gets you wanting to express what you are feeling, that you couple truth with emotion, and there should be no place that this is more prevalent, more a part of who we are than in the service of worship of God's people where we take the eternal truth that I am a sinner, I deserve God's condemnation, I deserve His wrath, but for God. Because God has so loved me that He gave His Son for me, His wrath on Him, that I might know that love forever and ever. There is this great eternal truth that ought to fill our hearts. Our hearts with which we draw near to God with great praise such that our lips, no matter how strong, cannot contain the praise. That we ought to be shouting these things. Look at the psalm before us. Just follow along. Just a few points from this psalm. A reminder of these things. It says to sing to the Lord a new song. Now that does not mean that we only sing songs that have been written in the past five years. We sing old songs, we sing new songs, but what it's talking about here is the new song of the fact that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. A new song that has been put into our heart of a new life for those who know the Lord. And it says, sing to the Lord who? All the earth. We find it in verse 1, verse 3. Among all the nations, across all the peoples. 
That means that we come to the Lord, all who come to the Lord, Jew and Gentile, black and white, we all come, all nations, all people, we join our voices in harmony and in unison and we praise God together. And we see in verse 1, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, verse 2, we see again and again the fact that we sing to the Lord, not simply giving service to our preferences. Not just admitting, well, you know, I like this song, so I'm going to sing it. I don't particularly like this tune, so I'm not. We sing to the Lord. We praise Him. We, we look at what we're singing. We think about it. And as that truth resonates with our soul, we give expression to it in song. It's been said, a simple little saying about music is that those who sing pray twice. For what we have done is we've taken a truth and we have filled it. With, with the fullness of emotion of our created being, that we praise God in that. We weep in our hymns. We rejoice in our hymns. We, we come to God and we show amazing gratitude in our hymns. We proclaim His glory and we stand in awe before Him in our hymns. What else do we see in this particular psalm? We see in verses 11 through 13, speaks about the fact that it is part of the created order as God intended it. It says that the heavens declare His glory. Psalm 19 speaks about that. In this particular psalm, it it says here that uh, He comes to to, to judge the earth. The the heavens shall be glad, the earth shall rejoice, the seas will roar, the fish will sing praise to Him, it says. The fields exult, the trees of the forest sing for joy. And be mindful of the fact that both John the Baptist and Jesus both spoke about the fact that, that God out of creation will raise up praise to His holy name. When Jesus was told that the people lining the roads crying out, Hosanna in the highest, they have to be silent. He said they can't be silent. And even if they were to be silent, indeed even the rocks would cry out praise to God. That's part of created order as, as it is intended. And we, as that beautiful, very good part of creation, that we ought to be leading the way in praising God. Verse 13 speaks about that He is coming to judge the world in righteousness uh, and the peoples in His faithfulness. For He comes to judge the earth. It's repeated there twice in verse 13. We we need to realize that our songs of praise are heralding the fact that our Savior is coming again. Our our songs are, are trumpet blast, proclaiming the fact that we do believe that our Savior is indeed coming to declare in righteousness glory. He is coming to judge the quick and the dead, we say in our creed. That He is coming again. He has not forgotten about us. He is not distant and unattainable. But He is with us and indeed is coming in a real way again. This is about what we sing. John Piper speaks about this idea of singing. He said this, we are a singing people and there is a reason for it. The reality of God and Christ, of creation and of salvation... The truth of heaven and hell are simply too great to merely speak them. They also must be sung. And so music and singing are necessary to the Christian faith and necessary for worship for the simple reason that the realities of God demand more than discussion, demand more than analysis and description. They demand poetry. They demand song. They demand music. Singing is a Christian's way of saying God is so great Mere thinking will not suffice. There must be deep feeling, and talking will not be enough. 
there must be singing. We sing. We sing. God himself, God himself sings. You know that, don't you? This is one of the main reasons that we sing is because God himself sings. Zephaniah 3.17 speaks about the Lord singing over us. It's a wonderful image. And and so this idea of, of why should we sing? Why do we sing? Why is singing a part of the Christian life? I have a couple of reasons for you to, to consider as we think about how it is that we make the songs of praise, the simple songs of Jesus loves me, this I know. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. These songs that we sing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, when I survey the wondrous cross before the throne of God above, in Christ alone. These expressions of of eternal truth. Why do we do them? Why do we sing? Let me give you a couple of reasons to think about as we go forth today. First is, it's part of image-bearing. It's part of being conformed more and more into the image of God. If God Himself sings, if Jesus sang hymns with His disciples, Ephesians chapter 5, as speaking about the Christian life, it speaks about those who are filled with the Spirit would sing. We worship a triune God who sings. We must sing too. We must sing. Why else do we sing? We sing in obedience. There are over 400 references to my count to singing throughout the Bible. Over 466 books. I'd say that's a pretty significant theme. And really, 50 or more of them are direct commands, admonitions that you would sing, not simply to those who wear robes and dress alike and we put them up front where we can keep an eye on them. You know, that's what a choir is, right? We, not, not just to the, the, the trained professionals. It's, it's all of us. It's not sim- simply those who can keep a tune, can, can maintain a, a nice melody line. It's to all who can make a joyful noise. And I think about, I think about even uh, before children, children are, are able to, to articulate words. Uh, even when Thomas was uh, too, too young to, to speak, we, we taught him some things so that he didn't just sit there and you know, make noises, that he, he learned to be able to say things uh, like please and thank you more. Uh, we also taught him uh, to, uh, to, to, to praise God through the, the catechism. Who made you? He would tell us. Why did God make you in all things? Well, it's for his glory. He was a little charismatic as a baby. <laughs> but we can, we can all sing. We can all make noise. We can clap our hands. We can, we can shout. We can sing. We can chant, we can do all these things to proclaim His goodness. We do so because we've been instructed to do what? To teach, to admonish one another in all wisdom, singing hymns, songs, and spiritual songs. That the word of Christ would dwell richly in us and it would have to escape somehow. And it does so in song. We sing in obedience. We also sing to remember. Think about this. When Colossians chapter 3.16 says that let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, he goes right into the fact that we, we teach it to each other, we admonish each other, we instruct each other in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. It's a way that we remember. It's a way that we consider spiritual truth and make it a part of us, that we would go forth from here remembering things. 
You think about as, as a child, as, you know, we have a brand new teacher with us, Christina. She's going to be teaching children. Think about young children, elementary age, kindergarten ages. They're coming up and they start learning their ABCs. Do we sit down and tell them, here's how you remember it, A, B, C. How many of us learned it that way? Or how many of us learned it singing the Twinkle Twinkle Little Star tune? Right? We, we learned it, and, and even this day, we can sing the alphabet because it stays with us. C.J. Mahaney, a church pastor, says this, Church singing is take-home theology. It's because the best songs that we sing serve as a two- or three-minute, easily memorizable, deeply biblical summary of important scriptural truth. It's take-home theology that we would leave this place singing God's praise, and it would stay with us. Just go to a nursing home. And, and, and take the, the songs of praise, the simplest ones that they've been singing their whole lives, and how many will join in with you, though they may not remember much of anything. In some cases, they will sing with you, Jesus loves me, this I know. Because it stuck with them. It remained and it dwelt in them richly. We sing as image bearers. We sing in obedience. We sing to remember. We also sing to encourage each other. To hear one another, this week at General Assembly, as we gather together in a room full of pastors and full of their families and full of elders, oh my stars, whether we were singing a song written last week or 500 years ago, the rafters would ring. And it was an encouragement to this pastor to be standing there shoulder to shoulder with people crowded into this room and singing. We had some ladies this week that went to the Gospel Coalition for Women and wasn't there just joyous singing as all those voices were joined together. There's great encouragement to be in the family of God and to sing that together. We also sing that we would take action, that it would lead us to repentance, it would lead us to service, it would lead us to forgiveness, to love one another, to worship. Think about those songs that we sing as we're working. We whistle, we sing, we uh, lift up our voices in so many ways. Think about as you're working out and maybe you, you, you pump the music into your ears so that it gets you prompted to, to the task at hand. Well, how much more so as we sing the songs of God and, and think about how it instructs and admonishes us to go into all the nations for we have a story to tell to the nations. We can sing that and we can do that. There's also incredible strength there's strength. We sing for strength. Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, remember they were in prison? And yes, they prayed, but what else did they do? They sang. They sang. Their voices would not be silent. They sang. They sang. They sang the walls right down. We sing as, as a means of tapping into that strength of God, singing hymns of praise to God. Why do we sing? We, we sing to worship. We sing to worship, again, that our lips would draw near in praise because our hearts are inextricably tied to the joy of God, that our hearts are so filled that it overflows. Hearts that are full of worship are going to be attached to voices that are full of praise. Ephesians 5.19 says, We sing and we make melody in our heart to the Lord. To the Lord. It's to the Lord. It's not to me. I don't simply sing for my enjoyment. I sing to the Lord. We sing praise to God. Now, now maybe, maybe today, and 
you, you know that music, that song is near and dear to my heart. And you might say, well, pastor, that's your thing. It's not my thing. I, I believe it's God's thing. I think we, we've seen that from God's word that he teaches us, he instructs us, he gives example, our triune God singing himself. But maybe we think that's just not my thing. That's not my gift. That's not what I bring to the table, pastor. Have you heard me sing? Probably. When I was a little boy, uh, Danley Elementary School. Uh, we had this wonderful event each and every year, the Christmas pageant. I wanted to be in that Christmas pageant so badly. I wanted to be in the Christmas pageant. You know why? You got to skip class. You got to go on field trips because we would go and we'd sing for other schools and it was a big thing. And so we, but we had to audition. Here's what the audition for the Christmas pageant at Danley was when I was there. You'd sit there in your music class. We would go. We had this one music teacher, and we'd go and sit in music class, and we would sing Christmas carols. And everybody in the room would stand up, and you start singing a Christmas carol. And, and the way that this, <laughs> but even before American Idol was even thought of, the way that the process of elimination went, uh, that my teacher was not Simon, but she had a whole lot of the same type of of, of, of raw nerve in, in terms of how she dealt with us, we would be singing, and, and I was told you need to sing out, you need to sing loud, you need to sing strong, and she would walk and she would tap you on the shoulder, and if you got tapped on the shoulder, you would sit down and stop singing. And so there in front of the whole class, just about every year, Brannon, who was told just to sing out, I thought that was the key. i get that tap and sit down. And so what was I told? I was told, you can't sing. Singing's not your thing. Singing's not what you do. Singing is not your job. It's somebody else's. And you may have been told that. You may have had people look at you as, as you're singing and they're thinking, are you on the right page? You may listen to yourself and compare yourself to the radio or even to very talented people sitting with you and you think, that's not my thing. Oh, Christian... Christian, if you love the Lord, come we that love the Lord, then let your songs abound. Give rise to praise as it pours forth from your heart. And I pray that people walk into our midst and say, wow, they can't sing, but they do anyway. That's wonderful. That's fine. Let it be the testimony that we have a song to sing and we sing it. Now, in just a moment, we're going to sing, and this is not an audition. Don't do this just because I preached on it, and now you're going to do it. I'm not going to tap you on the shoulder, but I encourage you all to sing. We're fixing to sing, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. And that's a wonderful hymn of Wesley saying, I wish I had a thousand tongues, for I would employ them all to sing praise to God. But my question to you here today is, what are you doing with the one He's given you? Don't ask for 999 more if that one you've got is not used to praise Almighty God. Amen? I pray that the Lord would continue to reveal Himself to you, make him known, Himself known to you in a way that you say, I can't help but sing. For we sing unto the Lord. Pray with me. Almighty and glorious God, we thank You for Your Word here today. We thank You, Lord God, for this psalm which calls us to sing a new song, that we would take our place among all the earth, among all the nations, that our praise would be echoed throughout the forest and the mountains and the sea and the air. Lord, that your people 
would be known as those who praise you, who sing, who rejoice in your presence. Lord, let our songs not be judged on their tune. Let our praise not be evaluated on how well it follows the line. Lord, may our praise, may our praise be seen by you, the one to whom we sing, as you gaze upon our heart, as you look into our very being, and you know that that which we do with our lips has its roots in that new heart that you've given us through Christ Jesus our Lord, in whose name we pray and for whose glory we sing. Amen.